June is a 1984 American epic science fiction film written and directed by David Lynch based on the 1965 Frank Herbert novel of the same name. It stars Carl McLaughlin in his film debut as Paul Atreides. Includes an ensemble of well-known American and European actors in supporting roles. It was filmed at Churubusco Studios in Mexico City and included a soundtrack by the rock band Toto, as well as Brian Eno. (laughs) Uh, After the novel's initial success and attempts to adapt Dune as a film began in 1971, lengthy process of development throughout the 70s, uh, Ridley Scott was originally going to direct this, but he fell by the wayside. And then this guy, Alejandro Jodorowsky, he had a try. Uh, that didn't really work out. And then they hired David Lynch after he did uh, a Razorhead and Elephant Man. Dune was a box office bomb, grossing $30.9 million from a $40 million budget. Largely, it was negatively reviewed by critics who heavily criticised the film. Um, uh, They criticised the screenwriting, lack of faithfulness to the source material, pacing, direction, editing. (laughs) Uh, I agree uh, with all those things. (laughs) It says the visual effects were praised, but I've also read the visual effects were like, that was crap. Um, it says the acting was praised, but I think the acting was crap. And the action sequences were praised, <laughs> but they were kind of crap too, weren't they? <laughs> I think that I think Wikipedia needs to be edited. Um, upon release, Lynch disowned the film, stating pressure from producers and financiers, financiers restrained his artistic control. Uh, he did a bunch of Alan Smythe stuff where he didn't want his name on it. Uh, uh, yada, mm. yada, 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 yada. Oh, well, let's start talking about it. Brad, Do it. did you like it? You've never June. seen You've never seen June before. You've never read the book. I, right? I had never seen June. I had never read the book. I was aware of the property. Uh, I knew there's new films coming out. You and my brother talk about it a bit. My only connection to dune was in the early 90s playing dune 2 on my amiga computer it was like a strategy spice mining game was it awesome? to, you know it was actually yeah it was one of my favorite strategy games back in the day so I enjoyed it and it had the two you know the two houses fighting over spice and there were worms and it was a good game you can get it for free at the moment at gamesnostalgia.com uh, but yes, so jumping into the film, let's let's uh, judge the film on its merits as a film, and maybe sure. not worry so much about the book at the moment. But as sure. a first time viewer, what did, what did you think? Did, could you follow the story? I did not enjoy it in the slightest. I felt like I. I was waiting. I was waiting <clears throat> the whole time for where's the moment that makes this great? You know, I, was, I thought you know it's a a film from when was it filmed? Seventy something, early eighties maybe, and eighty one. Uh, so I was like, okay, 84. this is this 
this is spoken of. I'm aware of this franchise. I'm aware of, you know, this is this is in the in 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 the ether. So there must be something about it that makes it kick ass that people are still referring to Dune and it's still coming up on streaming services. And honestly, after I got to the end of it, the highlight of it was just picking out actors that went on to do better things, <laughs> better things that I'd known from from others. Like, you know, Patrick the Stewart. Patrick Stewart, fucking Sting's in there. Ziggy from Quantum Leap is in there. Uh, the the dwarf guy, the voice of Chucky, is in the there. Dwarf, yeah. Like it was all happening. And a lot of character actors that I'd seen in other shitty movies from that era just cropping up as well. And I was like, oh man, this is a well, it's a real hodgepodge. So and that was in the opening uh, 20 minutes. And I was like, okay, this has got some, some quality actors in here. This is going great places. And then what sort of threw me out, apart from the um, vagina-lipped dick weasel that appears in the film. I think you're talking was, about the navigator and the yeah, uh, big yeah, tank that yep, comes out. Yep. I'm yep. going with vagina-lipped dick weasel. And uh, was the fact that the, the storytelling style of – Pick a perspective was what I kept saying to myself. Like it kept showing the inner thoughts of different characters and that yeah. frustrated and shit nothing. out of me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I, oh, it just. I admire didn't... this man. I think he cares more about other people than himself. <laughs> That's right. And then a long lingering shot of him going, oh. hmm. Who was, who was that actor that was Max in Von the ship? Yes. Yes. He was Ming the Merciless in Flash Gordon. He popped up. I was like, oh, this is, again, this is going places. Here we go. Hmm. He's, he's, oh, yes, let me tell you my thoughts. Hmm. And here are my thoughts over here. Yeah. Garbage. Um, and, like, I was excited to see the sandworms, you know, let's chuck them in a movie. Surely they're going to do something mm. amazing with the sandworms. Again. Disappointing. Just did, did the plot make sense though? That's the thing I'm interested because in, I, I I know the plot and I can follow it, but then I'm just kind of wondering: someone coming into it cold, will they be able to follow this thing? To me, to me, I just kind of got that there were four planets: the you know the spice planet Arrakis, the spice is what everybody wanted, and two of the other planets were fighting over the spice, but then the the third planet had. I was spies and shit. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I was waiting for boobs. You know, it seemed like the kind of film that would have boobs, but it didn't. So there's a lot of information and it leads nowhere, really. Correct. I think, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm hopeful for like the idea, the premise has epic potential, I think. Um, but yeah, it just was was not pulled off well. I mean, I haven't seen the trailer for the new film, but the stills I've seen look okay, and you'd think done well, it could be good. But this film, holy god, I wanted to turn it off so many times. Right. 
So quickly, like David Lynch, the director, how do you how do you feel about his films in general? I I like the only one that jumps to mind. I know he did Twin Peaks and um you know, a razor head and stuff, but there was another one. And your questions hit me out of left field. There's one film of David Lynch's that I really liked, and it was sort of a, a mid '90s film. I can't remember what it was called now. Oh, like Highway. High, oh, oh, Dark Highway. Something yeah. Highway, yeah, or something like that. And I Lost remember highway, that being Lost Highway. That's it. I remember that being slow and boring, but there was something about it that was like, "Ooh, this, mm. I'm kind of enjoying this." Uh, Mulholland Drive, the same. I enjoyed that when it came out. Saw it at the at the cinema when we could do that, and enjoyed it. But maybe Naomi Watts being hot had a lot to do with that. And it was trippy and all over the place. And I kind of liked that it it threw you out of your norm, made you feel uncomfortable with its style. But I didn't get that out of Dune. It, there was there was nothing in it that stylistically that appealed you could see that it just looked like a horrible star wars ripoff with poor yes. effects and star wars rips off june well the book yeah not the film right yeah the, the star wars rips off the book mm. in a lot of ways maybe we can talk about that but yeah it's the thing that strikes me is david lynch is a guy who for an, uh, with a razor head, yeah, definitely a razor head and Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive and stuff like that, Twin Peaks. The film's about dreams and you're seeing dream sequences and the, how the, not the actual scene of what happens. So it's a representation of what happens and it's ethereal and you've got to guess mm. the meaning of the dreams and things like that. So taking a director like that and getting them to direct a film that's got a really complex backstory and all these things. And, you know, a a lot of exposition that probably has to be dealt with. Maybe I'm going to say maybe, Um, you know, this complex world and he's going to add dream elements on top of it. And at the end of it, Mm. you're like, what is going on here? To me, when you're taking a book that, um, they did a sci-fi channel miniseries of Dune. They took, was it four and a half hours to do the Dune book? They mm. did a pretty good job of it, pretty faithful to the book, pretty accurate. And, and, and David Lynch's job was to put that down into two hours mm. with all his ethereal dreams, nonsense stuff. And, and he, what I feel he did is he just made things more complicated rather than being a guy who could come in and say cut to the chase mm. get to the point um the vagina lips dick monster i think you called it in the beginning <laughs> that's, that's a fair statement yep yeah okay so in the be- after the opening exposition scene with virginia Maston, we're in a throne room there's the emperor of the universe whoops your phone's gone funny no oh, shut up i'm I can't pay the electricity bill. There we go. All right. So in the throne room, the big black tank comes in. It opens up. The dick monster's Mm. in there, like this big Mm. blobby thing. Sorry. It's a giant lipped dick monster. Yep. 
Sorry. Also in the novel. <laughs> Not in the novel because they come later in the novels when we finally kind of explore that kind of thing. So he's adding in elements that are unnecessary to the plot um, to confuse things like, what was that thing doing here and why is it talking about it? You didn't need to know that. Yeah. So there's a lot of elements I felt that were set up, not paid off, and all the bits that you do need to know glazed over completely. Um, mm. Background of that. Um, Who wrote it? Did Lynch write it or was he wrote did somebody else? Yeah, uh, something okay. like he did six drafts of this. Mm. He was originally, I think he shot five hours of footage. He was intending on a three hour film. Had to cut it down to two hours and stuff because it all went wild. I think his budget got slashed while he was making it. So there's some really, really shabby shots in here uh, and effects. <laughs> yep. um, there's like a toy car going over the sound dunes and it's like wobbling at one point. When I the believe it. Meant to yeah. attack. Um, yep. I mean, it seems like when. Well, to a point. I mean, yeah. for the time. But like, if you you make an epic film like that, and you've got what seems like a big, you know, a big budget, you've got the sandworms, and let's say that's their highlight effect. And if that had been at front of the, you know, earlier in the film, it might have paid off better. But to to me, the first real big visual effect you see is when they use when the when the vagina lip dick monster uses the spice to travel people across space. Right. Yeah. And so all those ships come in and they dock, and then the, the mother and the father and 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 uh, what's that? What's the son's name again? Um, Paul, the main kid, Paul. They look at each other, and then it has Paul's thoughts. Why? Why are they thinking this? And then it has the father's thoughts. Oh, we're ready to go. To anyway, and then it cuts away to giant lip dick monster looking like a bit of semen floating up. The sky. The yeah, all that stuff shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, oh, it was just yeah. painful. Just and, and like, things. I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of crappy B to Z grade films where the effects are awful, but there's something about it that's endearing. Now, that can't happen on a big budget film, you know, on a big budget film and a grand film, it's got to look good. Like, if if you think. You know, Peter Jackson got thrown all those millions for Lord of the Rings, right? And mm. then if they'd had the scenes where Bilbo goes invisible and it was just really shittily done, yeah. you'd be out of it, you know? The thing is, this is seven years after A New Hope came out. And they seven had, years? Yeah, they had about, this is, what was it? Star Wars is 77, this is 84. Mm. They right. had a they Star Wars was what twelve million dollar budget. This is forty million dollar budget. Yeah, effects don't look anywhere near as good. No. Well, I mean, if you compare, you go back to like the original versions of Star Wars. You know, pre all the cleanup that we've had with, um, you know, modern editions. Yeah, it looks kind of basic. You know, you can see the outline around the ships and, you know, but the techniques there with the models and everything was outstanding, right? That opening scene, Star Wars, future episode, 
Leia's ship comes across the top of the screen. You know, that is classic cinema, right? Best opening in a film probably ever. And it's a special effect in 1977. And you're there. You're in fucking space with those spaceships, even though they're miniatures, right? And that draws you into the film and your set and the effects stay at that level consistently all the way through. Dune, like the shot of those ships coming into the docking bay, I, I thought, shit, that's pretty good. They look quite, you know, they were sort of the letter H on its side flying in. I thought, that looks good. And then the next, the very next shot was that crappy worm flying up to do some stuff and all that spy stuff was garbage. And if you've got $40 million, Jesus, do it right. One thing that's really bad about this film is how they changed Baron Harkonnen. He's like this character is what the Emperor is based on, basically. And mm. they just turn him into kind of a joke. And I found this bit here. It says um, film scholar Robin Wood called June the most obscenely homophobic film I have ever seen. Referring to a scene in which Baron Harkonnen sexually assaults and kills a young man by bleeding him to death, mm. uh, charging it with managing to associate with homosexuality in a single scene, physical grossness, moral depravity, violence, and disease. Uh, some guy says it was an AIDS reference. I think uh, David Lynch did, did do that. He did put the diseases on the face of Baron mm. Harkonnen as a because AIDS was a new thing happening at the time. So in the books, Baron Harkonnen is a homosexual pedophile who just brutally rapes slaves. Mm -hmm. He's vicious, nasty, statistic, sadistic guy. And in this film, they're sitting around it, looking at each other, going, <laughs> you know that they're in that they're in that room, and the guy's like prodding his face. With yeah, his I, love, going, you I love you. I love you. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, and then Rab the Beast, Raban, and um, what's his name, Frederick, Frederick Sting's character. Mm. They're all just looking at each other like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. it's yeah. just ridiculous. Uh, like this is meant it was. to be the most vile villain in the universe. It sums up Dune. The film for me is ridiculous. It's just overblown, boring. Yeah, there's there's no laser swords, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's just nothing in it grabbed me. I watched it almost in a trance, you know, and you talking about scenes early on, like with the Baron, I'd completely forgotten about it because there's nothing memorable. Like the only thing memorable was how laughable some of the effects were, how shitty everybody's thought perspective was and the dude riding the worm at the end spoiler alert i thought that's a great idea very poorly pulled off but you know paul rides a worm maybe there's yeah. some more homophobic aids commentary but don't want to look into it too deeply yeah like there's a whole thing about riding the worms so at the end there there's a bit where sean young pours drink in his mouth and then he does a little whoop de doo sequence. Uh -huh. Okay, so he's drinking the waters of life, and then that's when it gives him the ability to control worms. But like mm. to me, like none of that comes across in mm. the film. 
you know, it's just like all of a sudden we're on top of the worms and it's like the worms have been their best friends all along. That's right. Well, I mean, the, the worm, he climbed up on top of the worm and then he was able to put two ropes in by a hook to the worm's yeah. like side holes and then he had complete control and then he yeah. could look gaily at the man who climbed up next to him. Well, the thing is when you get the hooks, you're supposed to shove it between their scales, pull it apart, sand gets inside. The sand gets inside, it becomes abrasive and mm. it grates upon them and it causes pain to the worms and the worms won't go underground once you've done that. And it's kind of like mm. none of that's really explained. All right, see, now I understand. Thanks for explaining yeah. that. Yeah. But it's just sort of like, what do you do? We're riding worms now, you know? Like it wasn't a mm. great challenge. If you had a scene where they're trying to get on a worm and it crushes people and the worms are dangerous yeah. and they hate people. Yep. Now we know. And then someone says, like, this is a great challenge to do this. But instead, it's just Paul goes, okay, I'm writing one now. You know what did it better? You know what nailed this premise is Mandalorian season two, episode one with the, the sand dragon, right? <laughs> That's the June worms. And they nailed it. The crate dragons. Yeah. The crate dragon. Or Avatar. Yep. Or Avatar. Like, you've got to, like, those dragon things they ride around on. Yeah. You know, yeah, they were dangerous. They were like, I remember they were walking danger. up to them. I'm like, man, that thing's gonna bite you. And then there was the big bad one, the Turek Turo mm-hmm. or something like that. And that's the bad one. And it's like, oh man, he's gonna get on top of that. It's gonna be dangerous. And and it was. It. But I'm doing so, like none of that. Yeah. They're and all right, these films right. are stealing from this from June. That's right. They are, but yeah. well, they're stealing from the June book, right? Yeah. Which is yeah, this was done poorly. So, look, high hopes for the modern film, but uh, I think I'll wait till it's on streaming. Well, that's where it's going to go. It's <laughs> <laughs> where everything yeah. I mean, goes. It's going to get a theatre release, but I imagine it's same day going to be on yeah, everything yeah. else, right? Streaming and theatre. I mean, at least then you can say eight people saw it in the cinema. What a travesty. What a travesty. What a travesty. Um, would you recommend this film to anybody? Yeah, I mean, I just, it's good to watch, like, for the, just the <laughs> effects and just to compare and have the conversation. Like, I, I love films, you know, and it's like kind but, of like it's this landmark film, book done wrong. You've got to see it. You've got to experience it to, like, see what went wrong and it's going to be so much fun to watch the Denis Villeneuve film and go oh, how he how well he did it so Hopefully. I'd say you have to watch it but don't expect like it's, it's not going to be the greatest film you've ever seen but well, would you and uh, knowing the book would you recommend this uh, David Lynch film version or the sci-fi TV show you've just seen which which is preferable? You know, I, I think the the fans of this are like we've read the books. Interesting thing is when Frank Herbert sold the rights for some for put the rights out there for people to make the film, it was like I'm just grabbing the money. I know they're going to have a make a shit. They're not going to make this properly. It's going <laughs> to be shit. He was really open about. It. I'm just grabbing the money while I can, and the fans mm-hmm. were like completely understandable. <laughs> the books are the books. And then the fans, I think the fans of Dune, they watch the movie and it's just 
it's a conversation piece. They they love parts of it. We get to see the worms. We get to see this thing and that thing. It's not uh-huh. done well, but we got to see it. Same with the miniseries. The miniseries done much better, but still the Baron Harkonnen thing carries over a lot. Um, mm. He's still a bit silly, but he's better. And uh, the first miniseries, he's fairly good. In the second miniseries, they make him into a total joke. Um, uh, but but the fans just kind of, you've got to experience it all to be a fan, right? And be able to talk about it and have the conversation and have the arguments. Like that's the fun, right? Mm. So yeah, the fans will take it all, and it's it's the casual movie goer who's going to go walk in and go, Ugh? you know. Mm. Well, even you have to be. It's just, this it takes more than a casual moviegoer to get through this film. I think <laughs> most casual moviegoers, if I'd gone into a cinema to watch this, I'm pr- pretty sure I would have bailed. You know, I don't do that often. Like it was just a film where, honestly, within half an hour of it, I was like, sweet Jesus, let me out. You know? <laughs> but we uh... power through these things. This is what, what we're here for to tell the people. We've got to do these things. There are sacrifices. Yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of the series, you got to watch it. You've probably already seen it. Uh, if, you know, and, and it's all part of the experience. So if you're not a fan of the series, it's probably all going to go. What's mm, so, so you'd recommend hit a book first? Yeah. I mean, you can go YouTube. They've got the audio books there. You can just listen to them and it's great right. stuff. Probably a lot better. Um, I've got some user reviews here. We forgot to do it last time. Oh, go someone's, on, hit me. It's got 6.4 on uh, IMDb. So someone says, deserves more credit, but also deserves criticism. Uh, one of the few movies with a style of its own, 8 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Why does Lynch Oof. hate this one? 8 out of 10. A very good effort. 6 out of 10. How can something this wrong be, it's this right be so wrong. Uh, 10 out of 10, outstanding interpretation. Jesus. You know what? I don't Maybe. want to hear anymore. If people are giving this 10 out of 10, we're in the fact we're in an alternative universe. I saw a, a different film to those people. Here's a one out of 10, an insulting adaption of a great book. All right. Uh, one out of 10, still awful after all these years. Like, you can't tell with people, can you? Unrelentingly well, awful. <laughs> a poor adaption of a superb. I like moment. that. If I had to, if I had to do a, a two-word review of Dune, unrelentingly awful. That's a good one. <laughs> it's it's a, it is a ten out of ten. A movie never to grow tired of. <laughs> it's like uh, underrated masterpiece. Think- <laughs> Do you think um, uh, Attack of the Clones, Anakin Skywalker would like Dune? Anakin Skywalker. Because remember, he, he doesn't they, like sand, Dan. He doesn't like sand. Well, it gets everywhere. <laughs> it's coarse. Oh, it's coarse. It's not soft like you, Natalie. Oh, fuck that film. Uh, you were my brother, Anakin. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Are you an angel? 
All right, there we go. Would you? Uh, pre- <laughs> this is this is how you vote on this film. Would you rather watch Attack of the Clones or Dune? Attack of the Clones. What's wrong with Attack of the Clones? Oh, it's pretty awful too, mate. Yeah, uh, we but can do a future, awesome future episode if you like. Awesome third act. In Attack Ooh. of the Clones. Yeah. The the Geonosis thing. Geonosis, that... the arena battle, and then they go out into ah. the big battlefield and all the rockets and all the machines going, and then you get uh Darth Tyrannus versus Yoda. Yeah, oh. like that. It's uh oh. Obi-Wan versus Rewatching it. Rewatching it now, it it doesn't stand up, I don't think. The 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 big epic fight that you're talking about out where all the you know, the two, the clones and the whatever are running through the dust. At the time, I remember going, that looks fucking awesome. I watch it now and it looks like an episode of a TV show. You know? It's not grand enough. Star Wars. I'm going to have to rev- but yeah. revoke your nerd card. Hey, you're just going to have to watch it again. I watched it not so long ago. Like the first ones, Phantom. Oh, no. But Attack of the Clones, oh, see, I, it's see, better. I enjoy Phantom Menace. Fuck you. I like Phantom Menace. Attack of the Clones is the worst of the prequels. Easy. The Darth Maul fight's awesome. That's so good. That's Attack of the that's not Attack of the Clones, though. That's uh that's the menace. We're getting oh. we're getting sidetracked with the wars here instead of um got Sandy Crack Dune. Natalie Portman. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Um uh, as a fan, you've got to you got to indulge, don't you? It's cool to see these things. Um, yeah, what else we got here? Uh, oh yeah, what did they change from the book? Um, oh, those guns. That's not in the book. Those, mm. you know, they get the little box guns and they're like shooting things mm-hmm. and they've got to say, and word. they go, they go, pew pew, pew pew. pew. <laughs> yeah, <make> yeah. Noise. <laughs> this is a long tradition in films where someone's invented a gun that everyone's terrified of. It's the most, this, this gun is going to change everything. And then the gun is like completely pathetic and real world guns mm-hmm. are just way better. Yep. Remember Eraser, Eraser, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's just, it's just a, it's just a sniper rifle. It goes through walls. The bullet goes through a wall, Brad. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, that's yeah. never been heard of. Revolutionary idea. I was waiting for someone to point a gun and say, "Barbara Streisand." Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Into germs. Yeah, those guns. Um, so basically, the wielding way is meant to be. A martial art used by the Benny Jesuits, who are the ladies with the slightly shaved heads. Mm-hmm. And it's a martial art, but using precognition so they can see your moves ahead of time mm-hmm. and anticipate yeah, yeah, yeah. it. It got Sounds changed great. into words of power. Words mm-hmm. shoot things. Pew pew. Pew pew. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Um this film dune could be improved and i would have watched it and enjoyed it you know back in the day of going to the the local video store and you had to select your film you're a 15 year old boy you want to get you want to choose 
poorly made film, but it's got TNA in it, right? So you're picking the Beastmaster, you're picking Conan the Barbarian, or I mean, I guess Conan the Barbarian's a bit higher up than what I'm talking about. But you know, like that low to medium grade film that has attractive people in it jumping around, and mm-hmm. it's always poorly made, but you watch it because it's that's it. Dune has that exact vibe. It feels like the Beastmaster, a poorly made film, but it's lacking skin. I think if June had more uh, slave girls and boobs, I would have been more entertained. Yeah, yeah, that, that always improves everything. George Lucas got that right in Return of the Jedi. Um, he did. Now, I want to talk about like a total misunderstanding of the movie. At the end, Paul Atreides is like reach God power where he makes it rain. Mm-hmm. At the end of the week, the whole premise of the book is Paul Atreides achieves great power, but is not a god, right? Mm. And rain kills sandworms. Sandworms make spice. So when he made it rain, he just killed all the sandworms, mm. got rid of the spice, and now he controls the planet with no resources whatsoever. Mm. At the end of the film, he's basically since somehow he sends a message to the emperor of the galaxy and says, I control the spice. Now I am the emperor of the galaxy. Mm. None of that's in the film. And he's destroyed all the spice. Yeah. Huge misunderstanding of the whole premise. You know, that, that, that happens though when you make a film of a book. I mean, all the time things are changed to, you know, for either the film's benefit or detriment. That's, yeah, I could think of countless examples if I was a wiser man and it wasn't so late at night. But, you know, always you hear people saying, what was better, the book or the film? Well, it was the book, right? Yeah. I think Stephen it's just King. A simple not- thing they could have got right. Um, I'm thinking Denny Villeneuve is going to do a much better job of this. Mm. When's that come out? Uh, next month sometime for us. Uh, mm. Towards the end, 24th or something. Um, All right. And for people listening in the future, this is 2021. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you usually do a little thing where you say, what would you accompany this with? Oh yeah, the um the bargain bin. What would you um you know if you went into your local uh Piggly Wiggly, your local video store and uh you know, you're buying a double feature, it's got June and what's on the other what's on the other VHS? Um I reckon pair this up with flashboard. Ah oh, it's almost perfect. Apart from also, the fact that mm, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. But also, I want to change last week's one from Back to the Future. I want to pair it up with my science project. Oh, yes. Yeah. Good Good thoughts. That'd be a good. I'm going to pair Dune with I Hate Sand Attack the Clones. 
two films you don't like, you want to you want to wish they yeah. upon someone. I, I want somebody to just if they want to end it, they can do it with these two. <laughs> Before you jump off the building, just just lose all faith in humanity with these two films and just feel like no, I think I think you know if you're feeling really down, you've you've messed up your life and you're losing sleep. You watch these two films and realize that someone's done it worse than you, and it's all going to be okay. You've messed up your entire life. You can look at Dune and say, "Well, David Lynch at least made a couple million bucks making that thing." <laughs> and look at me. Oh shit! No, you can, I'm just you can we jump can, in a bathtub with sharks. And you can also watch Dune <laughs> and go, "These actors never did anything worse." You know, these actors went places. You know, what Patrick Stewart. What Oh, what was what was Kyle MacLachlan in the in the stripper movie? Uh, I oh, was in Showgirls, mate. Showgirls. Showgirls. Yeah. I mean, this guy uh, knows how to pick a script. He went from peak <laughs> to peak. I would say Showgirls is the only film that ever made me <laughs> get bored of titties. <laughs> <laughs> Future episode. Ah. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, Dune. Yeah, I, well, dude, I will, I will never hit play on Dune again. Man, harsh. But are you looking forward to the new Dune, twenty twenty one? Um, I won't watch it unless you'll see it and you'll tell me whether to watch it or not. I mean, look, I, mean, I could go away and watch the trailer and make a decision, but. Uh, I don't I'm like hyped. the face. I don't like I'm the hyped. face of the actor that's playing Paul. Yeah, um, I, I would recommend looking into the books. Um, there's a guy, Quinn's Ideas. He does like an hour and a half. He explains each book from beginning to end. He basically just gives you the clip notes, but it's pretty mm. in depth. That's a really good way to get in the series because the overall story is great. And then, yeah, audio books, or you could read. I guess. I suppose that's an option. Looks like we got ourselves a reader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. What you doing there, boy? What you reading for? What you reading for? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Not so, what are you reading, but what you reading for? So what are we doing? Out of 10? Oh, out of 19. 19? Why did we make it so hard? Well, you could say, um, uh, didn't you do cats meows last week? Yeah. Keep, yeah. Stick with that. Have some consistency. All right. How many cats meows do you give this? Uh, out of out of what? Out of five? Out of ten? Should we do ten? Because that's just like that's that's enough to be a little bit of depth, but it's not too confusing. Okay. Yeah. So standard. One- one cat's meow, uh, terrible. Ten cat's meows, that's that's amazing. You're you're going from you're more of a dog person to a full-on cat lady. Nothing wrong and, with a crazy uh, cat lady. That's right. So for me, Dune, I would give it uh uh how many meows would I give Dune? I'd give it a meh out of ten <laughs> meows. I'm not even giving it a one. 
I, I so, had no redeeming factors. Sorry. So it's like you open the door and the cat walks in and goes, yeah, that kind of. Yeah. No, I fucking I open the door and there's a cat there and it's not my cat. So I kick it and shut the door. <laughs> oh, God. All right. What you got? Uh, uh, oh, he's pondering it. <laughs> it's a hard one because it, it's it's. I can't say it's a great movie, but then it's it's an experience that is. A it's feast not a great movie. It has no place in the history of cinema. It has no redeeming qualities apart from the fact that a few actors that were in it went places after the film. Did they? I mean... Oh, Patrick, Stewart Patrick Stewart made it so. Life Force. That was the peak of his career. That was incredible. Was he in Life Force? Life Force is great. I know the film. Um, I don't know. I just feel like a five cat's meows because I just want to sit on a fence. And, and so oh. you got to experience you it. You go through a whole podcast saying it's like how sitting, much you didn't enjoy it and what's yeah. wrong with it, and then you sit on the fence. I'm sitting oh. on the fence, but the pole is penetrating a wee bit, and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I'm frightened of falling on the barbed wire, and it's electrocuted. <laughs> And there's do- angry dogs barking below you. Yeah, and a, there's a cat meowing, and it's just making everything upset. Yeah, yeah. And the I cat's only got three legs. Yeah, but it's like the design is great in a way. Like the gross thing in the tank, the navigator. You never find out what it is, really. But yeah, interesting. You mean the vagina mouth dick weasel? Yeah, I, I thought of it was more of a sperm when it started swimming. Uh-huh. The void. And, and I think David Lynch, she just lingers too long on its little <laughs> vagina mouth. It took a long time for it to swim around. And I don't know, I guess it. Yeah. Apparently it was written during the 60s, right? And it was all like take acid and like expand your mind. And a lot of those elements are in June. And then you get a wackadoodle like David Lynch. And then mm. there you go. But David Lynch, again, he's like one of those guys you've got to say you like or you're not smart. <laughs> and then you can, you know, it's kind of feel like saying, you know, it's kind of pretentious and it goes nowhere and it's, Kind of like, ah, uh, is it really clever or is it just confusing it's not. nonsense? It's, it's confusing nonsense. But I'm glad it's in the world and it's interesting and it's something different too as well. All right, so let's knock it on the head. Yeah, boy. Okay, screw you, dude. Thanks for listening to Pointless and Confused. We believe there's a little thing where you can send a tip if you yep. want we have no idea us. how it works we need cash yeah for whores and Vegemite yeah and what good day no oh, i right. tell them the other thing
Oh, what was the other thing? Subscription. Um, oh, look, you could you could subscribe if you want to, if you want to hear the sound of our sweet, sweet voices in your ear. Whenever a new episode drops, you'll be the first to know. Yeah, we're not sure how you do that either, but you'll figure it uh, out. We're new to this. Come on, you guys. <laughs>